0: Welcome to Passive Real Estate Investing, the show where busy people like you learn how to build substantial passive income while creating wealth for the long term. And now, here's your host, Marco Santarelli. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Passive Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Marco Santarelli. Just like any business venture, you need the ability to be able to track the performance and success or failure of your rental properties with a good system. And for some of us, that means tracking everything in a spreadsheet or maybe even QuickBooks or TurboTax, whatever the case may be. But keeping good records of your financials will help you secure future funds when you go to purchase additional properties as banks may want to see records of your cash flow and the reserves from your current investments. You will also need to keep excellent records for tax purposes. And especially if you ever go through a tax audit, you need to have everything in order and well documented but some investors rely solely on spreadsheets or even pen and paper to track their rental property counting, income, expenses, whatever may be happening. Now, the system is okay if you have one or two or maybe as many as five properties, but it tends to break down and become laborious after you know that third and fourth and even fifth property. Now, QuickBooks, which I do use, not all the time, but for general accounting is great. And it's one of the top Picks for professionals, it's really at the top of the list when you think about accounting software, but QuickBooks has its limitations for managing rentals. It's great for general accounting, but it misses all the tools that truly make it stand out as potentially being the best property management system. It works, but it just doesn't work great. It's extremely detailed. It's somewhat complex, and it's just not designed for real estate investors. But what if there was an easier way to track income and expenses as a real estate owner and investor, something that saves you time and makes it simple? That's what we're going to discuss and share with you here today. Are you having a hard time finding great investment properties? Unfortunately, the best deals are rarely found locally. Successful investing begins with the right properties in the right markets. Norada Real Estate provides everything you need to invest in the best deals across the U.S. Our simple, proven system will help you create real wealth and passive monthly cash flow. Get your free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing at noradarealestate.com guide. That's N-O-R-A-D-A realestate.com guide. It's my pleasure to welcome Heath Silverman to the show. Heath is a part time real estate investor and the CEO of Stessa. With nearly 20 years' experience working with investment properties, Heath has dealt with all aspects of residential and multifamily acquisition, rehab, management, and the disposition of those properties. Today, he actively maintains a portfolio of 10 buildings comprised of over 60 units across the United States. After years of frustration around the lack of technology available to the individual investor, Heath was inspired to streamline the entire real estate ownership life cycle, and I know that's kind of a big mouthful, but we'll talk about what that means here on the episode today. So back in 2016, he co-founded Stessa, which is a software platform that gives the millions of real estate investors with single-family rentals and multifamily buildings a powerful new way to track, to manage, and communicate the performance of their real estate assets. So with that, Heath, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Marco. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate the invite.
0: Well, it's good having you on. I've looked at your software and I've played around with it, and I think it's brilliant. It's something that I know can help most, if not every real estate investor, especially in the single family and the residential space, one to four units, maybe small apartments, and you can kind of get into that a little bit later. But you have an interesting background. You've been investing for a long time. You know, you are essentially what I refer to on this show as a passive real estate investor, So tell us about your real estate background. Let's begin with you and then we'll kind of get into your journey and what led up to Stessa.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've been working in tech for about 20 years and I've been investing in real estate for almost as long. I've always been very entrepreneurial and I started my first company with my co-founder who's actually the same co-founder with Stessa while we were in college and sold that first tech company right afterwards. And I used... of the proceeds to buy my first property. So This is back in 2001. That initial purchase, it was the single-family home I bought to live in, and I ended up house hacking it. It was an older home. It it needed quite a lot of work. And I brought in a few friends as roommates to help with the bills. (laughs) And of course, as as always seems to happen, I think with a lot of real estate investors at the beginning, I quickly got addicted to the whole supplemental income. And thanks to being in the Northern California Bay Area, I also... Also, that whole... That potential for significant appreciation. So I knew I wanted to do more in real estate. And I tried doing a number of deals in the years after I made a whole bunch of offers, but nothing really penciled out. And that's all until 2009. So as a result of the financial crisis, I saw this huge opportunity. At that time, if you were able to invest, you really couldn't go wrong. And I got into real estate in a big way. buying I started very much with foreclosures, single-family homes, and Sort of outlying cities in the Bay Area like Sassoon and Oakley. So I, I started buying these distressed properties. And these days, I do around one to two deals a year, a good number of those being 1031 exchanges. So I guess I would say I've done about one 1031 exchange each year over the last six years as I've been continually moving up my portfolio into bigger property. So while I got to my start doing single family rentals, I now focus primarily on multifamily. And it's pretty amazing. All these years later, I still get that insane high, that incredible rush. I guess it's really a combination of both excitement and a little bit of fear that comes with each new acquisition I make. And at the end of 2016, I combined my passion for real estate and technology and founded Stefa.
0: Cool. So you're in the Bay Area, which is extremely pricey. I'll call it expensive, but you're still investing. You're doing 1031 exchanges into more property, other property. You got me curious, what markets are you or what states are you investing in? Because I, I can't imagine that you're still investing in the Bay Area.
1: Yeah. So you say it's pricey, but it's interesting going back to 2009, 2010, what I was buying back then in the cities I was mentioning, the sort of outlying cities in the Bay Area, I was able to pick up homes that two to three years prior had sold for $430,000, let us say, You could get them; they were like 75% off. You could basically pick them up for $100,000. Granted, they were distressed. Some of them were missing doors. They'd been kind of thrashed a bit and needed a little bit of work, but it was affordable. And once you fixed them up, they'd rent for $1,300 to $1,500 a month. You know, everything very easily was cash flowing from day one. Yes, nowadays we're almost back in those outlying areas. We're almost back to those old prices. But in core, like San Francisco, prices now are higher than they've ever been before same with Berkeley and sort of core Oakland areas. And there, I continue to find a deal every now and again, but it's definitely harder. My last 1031 I did last year, I ended up moving to Chicago. Overall, my investment strategy has all been around trying to find distressed properties, value add, where we can create significant value in a short amount of time, you know, in a year or so. And Specifically, I focus on workforce housing. So homes that are sort of just outside of big MSAs, but in transit corridors where it's really easy to get downtown fast.
0: Yeah, Chicago is one of the markets we're in. We love the outer outskirts of the Chicago market. The numbers make sense, but the numbers you just rattled off there with San Francisco, a $400,000 distressed home. What did you say you rented it for? 1500 2000 a month? What did you say?
1: Yeah, well, so it was a $400,000 home prior, but we were able to pick it up for 100000 and then rent it out for 1500 a month. So $100,000 purchase, 1500
0: Okay, so was that in all cash?
1: At that, yeah, because at that time, since they were distressed and many of them were foreclosures, the only way you could, one, some of them weren't financeable because they weren't habitable. And two, the only way you could win, because there were a lot of investors kind of going after some of these opportunities, you had to offer all cash with a very quick close.
0: Yeah, so you made the numbers work. I mean, your acquisition was in line with what you were able to rent it for, which is pretty close to 1%, but a $400,000 property renting for 1,500-ish, plus or minus a month is just not gonna cut it.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, no.
0: (laughs) But it's a value-added approach. You created your own equity, which is great, because now you can leverage that up into more property. Yep,
1: and it's funny you say the 1%. When I first got started, when I was focused all on residential, so anything from one to four unit buildings, I followed the 1% rule, where I wanted to make sure that any property I purchased, I could get to that 1% rule within nine to 12 months of purchase. And now that I'm doing more multifamily stuff, it's a little bit different. The 1% rule is a lot harder to find in multifamily, but also in markets today, it's just challenging. So, it's a slightly different methods for evaluating properties now.
0: And that 1% rule still applies today. I mean, you could go down to 0.9, 0.8% in certain markets and the numbers still work and you still have a great deal, but that number always applies. It's just the way the math works on these properties is you want it to rent for about 1% of what your acquisition is. So Keith, you've been investing for, well, geez, over 20 years now in real estate. So I guess that qualifies you as a seasoned investor. And through that time, I would imagine that you've had successes and failures. So maybe share, if you can, one of your biggest successes in real estate. And, you know, we always like to learn from other people's successes, kind of ride on their coattails or stand on their shoulders and just see what we don't see.
1: I'll give a San Francisco example here where the numbers get a little bit crazy. My biggest success, I would say, was one deal where I tripled the value of a building in just over a year. And I attribute it loosely to what I call insider information. And yes, I realize it's totally ridiculous that real estate is an asset class where you often have this asymmetric information, but it's all totally legal. And I'll tell you the story. So the Civic Property was this massive fourplex in the Mission neighborhood in San Francisco. And again, it was a victim of financial crisis. It sold for nearly $1.7 million in 2006. And then the crisis hit. And the owner tried to sell it shortly after. It was on the market for quite some time, but he just wasn't able to unload the building. So it eventually went to foreclosure. And once the bank had the property, the building was ignored for a while. And due to not having consistent management, the property became very distressed from both a maintenance and a tenant perspective. So fast forward a few years to 2012, and the bank put it back on the market where I was able to pick it up with a partner in foreclosure for less than half of its former price. And here's the kicker. So San Francisco, an older buildings, it's rent-controlled. And the leases were lost somewhere in the shuffle. And it turned out all the tenants, they, they lied to the bank about their rent. So they were paying a small fraction of what they actually owed. So hence the low price that the bank ended up putting on the market. And here's where the crazy information asymmetry came into play. I dug up all the disclosure packets from when the former owner tried to sell the building. And I realized that I had all the original leases. And the tenants residing in the building were all still the same people. I <laughs> had the current rent roll. So I was totally open about this. I shared this detail with the selling agent. I said, Hey, look, I got this. I don't know if he disclosed this. And, and he really didn't care. And he simply said, "You know, Hey, good luck with that. See what you can do. You probably won't be able to actually do anything. But of course, we were able to... Once we bought the building, <laughs> we pulled out the leases. And we able to get the rent back up to market with the help of a lawyer after the purchase. And then we had some real luck when the tenant decided to leave as we were doing a lot of this much-needed deferred maintenance. So there was significant work that needed to be done in the building. I mentioned it was just everything from like new roof, siding, windows. So there's quite a bit of work and some of the tenants are like, ah, you raised the rent, I don't want to deal with this, I'm out of here. So when all of said and done, got this whole information asymmetry thing, super common in real estate, there is so much totally public information out there, such as city records, development plans, etc., that just doing a little bit of digging... It can give you this tremendous advantage when you're seeking out deals or even making decisions on your holdings. And the long and the short of the story is once the building was vacant, we were able to unload it for triple our purchase price just over a year later, because now it's a vacant, fixed-up building in San Francisco in a great and improving neighborhood. So as a result of all this, this is sort of an area I've become really passionate about, which is bringing more transparency to the asset class through things like information aggregation and technology.
0: So if you put in the time to do your due diligence and research, you can find not only good deals or potential good deals, but you can also turn a situation that on the surface looks like a not so good deal into a great deal, which is exactly what you did by having that quote unquote insider information by simply just doing your research and finding that the rents are much higher than what people were actually paying. So that essentially created a value added deal that you held for a very short period of time and were able to take equity out and build a large portfolio for yourself.
1: Yeah, it was exactly.
0: We love finding good deals, especially if you have the time and energy to put into something, to turn it around, renovate it. That's an interesting strategy. Sometimes we learn more from mistakes that we make small or large. And I've made my fair share of those (laughs) many years ago, but maybe tell us about one of the biggest mistakes you've ever made in real estate.
1: Yeah. And by the way, I still make mistakes all the time. But I would say that the biggest mistake I've made is definitely not doing my due diligence. And on that first single family home, the one I mentioned, the one that I was living in and house hacking, and it was really the first one where I got that experience doing things like construction and you know renovating the property, I had to do some fair amount of work on the garage that required a contractor. So I wanted to do it quickly. I wanted to do it cheaply. as does everyone. And I now know that Going after the cheap is not necessarily the best approach. So I found this contractor who was ready to start immediately, and he gave me a verbal quote that just sounded too good to be true, and of course it was. So he asked for a large portion of the payment up front. We demoed the whole garage, and then he totally just disappeared from the job site. Hole in the front of my house where the garage was. And to make a long story short, after months of no progress and being unable to reach out, I learned that. And then the story gets crazy. He had been arrested under suspicion of being involved in a very high-profile local shooting. And I know that sounds totally unbelievable, but, but it's really happened. I don't know if he was ever found guilty or not. But this particular situation was very extreme. I did learn my lesson, and I now make sure to always do my due diligence. So rather than just saying, oh, that sounds good, get started, I recommend everyone you basically do the same. Do, due diligence. Everything from doing your research on the contractor you're hiring, research on the building, if you're doing work in multiple bids, check references prior to signing contracts, all that is incredibly important. And this also, I would say, extends to simply staying on top of your portfolio performance. And we can probably talk about that later, but that's one of the things that Stessa does for you automatically.
0: Yeah, definitely. Due diligence is so important. And fortunately for a lot of people listening to this, they're more of a passive than an active real estate investor. So they're not directly dealing with contractors. In fact, they're not dealing with tradespeople for the most part because they're typically dealing with one company or one individual and that's their property manager or property management company and they're the ones who are taking care of any contractors or repairs that need to be done. So you make a good point, regardless of who you work with, you want them to have a good reputation. They have to be solid. You want to check references. It's just doing your due diligence and you should do that regardless of whether it's real estate investing or any kind of real estate investing or anything related to finances. So yeah, definitely a hard lesson to learn if you miss that and screw that up, because I think we all do that at least once. My friend MC Lobsher, the host of Cashflow Ninja podcast and president of Producers Wealth is on a mission to help you achieve financial independence as soon as possible. He achieves this by integrating the infinite banking concept and real estate investing to increase your financial efficiency and recapture cash flow that you're not even aware you're losing, MC shares the number one strategy investors use in his holistic wealth creation course at yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. So let's kind of segue a little bit here. The thing with having a passive portfolio or any portfolio of investment property is tracking, and I hate taking care of books. I do not like dealing with receipts and entering stuff into QuickBooks or into a spreadsheet although I do like working with spreadsheets I just don't like having to track that information on a regular basis but we all have to do it or somebody has to do it for us and I know that's a pain point for a lot of real estate investors is how do I track this information how do I organize and file it how do I deal with it every year before April 15th that must have been a pain point for you maybe just tell us how that came to be a pain point for you and what was that journey that led to you creating Stessa because of that? And then we can talk about Stessa and what it does a little bit more after you kind of paint that picture of how you got there.
1: Yeah. So first I'll say, I mean, I've spoken to hundreds of real estate investors and it turns out that most still manage everything on an often out-of-date spreadsheet. And I think while it's great to have sort of these basic systems in place, many investors say, honestly, and I was like this before, Seth that you have no idea whether you've really made or lost money except one day a year when you get your returns from your accountant. And then I think we've all been there sort of overwhelmed with tons of paperwork. You have a shoebox of receipts, although if you have a property manager, most of the expenses are hopefully with them, but you still have those other expenses you're dealing with. Maybe you're doing your mortgage separately, you're juggling multiple bank accounts. And at the end of the day, you're kind of unsure how much money you're actually making. So Stessa lets real estate investors automate a lot of that busy work so you can focus on what matters. And, and the origin story of Stessa, I think I think that's an interesting one that ties back to what you were talking about, about passive investing. I'll jump into that. So my co-founder and I, we actually did not start off working on SETSA knowing that we'd be doing a real estate technology company. We were thinking about all these big ideas like future of work, etc. But we kept on getting distracted we were trying to map out these huge, big, grandiose ideas by our real estate portfolio. So we did a deep dive into one of our multifamily properties that had been on autopilot for a couple of years. And we ended up nearly doubling the value of the building through a combination of operational efficiencies and bringing some rents to market. So this added real value. We took the numbers to the bank, we did a cash out refi, and we purchased a new property to grow our portfolio. So specifically, we found things like there was a water leak. We hadn't realized that the water bill had increased dramatically until we looked at the analysis. We did things like we changed vendors, we changed property management and brought monthly PM expenses down. We swapped out our landscaper and janitorial. And then I mentioned we were also able to get some of the rent up. So in the end, we were kind of shocked by being a bit more organized and getting in there and doing some of this work that, again, when you're a passive investor, Often you feel like you can just sit back and relax, but putting in that extra effort to do some of that analysis on a regular basis is important. And because we were able to create so much value in such a short amount of time, we had three big takeaways. So one, as real estate investors, we should be applying these learnings to our entire portfolio. Two, as tech product people, we could build software to automate nearly everything we just did. And three, as entrepreneurs, there's really a huge opportunity in this space to build a company around a technology solution that we could make available to all the millions of investors like us who use little more than a spreadsheet to manage their portfolios. And I guess a good analogy is as you look at other asset classes like equities, you have all these tools that provide straightforward valuation, performance benchmarking, real time, you know, analysis and ongoing optimization, like whether you have an active manager or a robo advisor. Yet little of that exists in real estate. So We wanted to bring the types of solutions to real estate and make them available to every single individual investor out there.
0: Yeah, that's a great story. And how you created this was brilliant. In fact, it's such great software that I wish I came up with this many years ago, but it does fill a need. I look at tasks and I ask myself, how do I eliminate this? How do I automate it? Or how do I delegate it? Well, you can't eliminate the fact that you have to track your income and expenses. And then, you know, ultimately you do your taxes or you give it to somebody So you can't eliminate it, but what's the next thing? You automate it. And that's basically what you've done is you've automated a big chunk of it. And then the remaining pieces is the tax portion of it. You either do it yourself or you give it to your tax advisor or your CPA and you delegate that task. By the way, I'm kind of curious to know, do you have a sense of how many people do their own taxes versus hand it over to a CPA or a tax advisor when it comes to doing taxes related to their investments, like their real estate investments?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. We did not know that that ourselves until we did a survey recently of our users. And we were pretty surprised by the results. It turns out that the vast majority of these individual investors, even people with just a couple properties,
0: they use a CPA. They do. Okay. So most people are not doing it themselves.
1: They don't do it themselves. They hand it over to somebody else to do it. And a lot of design decisions that we have done within SESA are, are to help those people to do it much easier, to save them an incredible amount of time. I mean, at the end of the day, for everyone, whether you're handing it over to a CPA or you're doing it yourself, the most painful part of tax time is all that effort it takes to pull together all that paperwork. So I mentioned the receipts in the shoebox earlier, the statements from the banks and property managers, and then all that work that goes into organizing it all into spreadsheets, either for giving to your accountant or for TurboTax. And I usually personally, I spend, or I used to, I would say, I would end up spending a weekend or two pulling everything together. But now Stessa has totally changed all that. So for my LLCs, which I personally give to an accountant versus properties, I don't have an LLC that I ended up doing myself in TurboTax, I was able to generate tax-ready financials to share with my accountant in under an hour. So Stessa automatically pulls in all your bank transactions. You know, You can scan receipts with our mobile app, and it automatically categorizes everything into tax-ready categories. And then for tax time, there's a very simple tax package report. And I'll send you an email with your income statement, your net cash flow, your capital expenses, and all your transactions for the last calendar year. And again, all this is been, you know, by linking bank accounts and everything, it's just been pulling it in, populating it, categorizing it. And then you simply can just forward it onto your accountant and you're done. Or take the numbers and put them to TurboTax. Straightforward, simple, saves you lots of time and also saves you money. So your accountant isn't you aren't paying your accountant time to basically
0: do bookkeeping. So you're not only automating the tracking of your income and expenses, but you're simplifying the whole thing because you just, at the end of the year, spit out a report that summarizes everything that has happened over the last 12 months or the previous year, and then you hand that over to your tax advisor and then just punch it into your tax return and take care of whatever reporting needs to be done. Exactly. Okay. So explain the model. I mean, I think I know the answer to this. You have a freemium-based model, so it's essentially free to sign up and free to use What's beyond that? How does that model work?
1: Yeah, so Stessa right now is totally free for individual investors. Basically, with, with Stessa property owners, they can do all their key property metrics in one place with a visual dashboard, automate their income and expense tracking. And as we mentioned, they can save time with tax-ready financial reports. And that core functionality is and will always be free. And part of the reason why we're able to do that is we were acquired by JLL, jones LaSalle, big Fortune 500 real estate professional services and investment services company, and we're able to make this functionality free for individual investors. Longer term, we plan to add additional value-added services that will be premium, but this, again, this core functionality will remain to be free.
0: So people listening to this, the majority of our audience are passive real estate investors, and they're listening to this and they're thinking, okay, yeah, this could be a great tool for me. It'll certainly help me streamline things. But there's always someone who's asking, well, who's it not for? And I'm kind of curious about that myself. So I can see who this is for, but who is this not for?
1: I would say the typical customer or user today is really a passive investor with more than one property or a single building with multiple units when it's people who currently do a lot of manual paperwork. Uh, Or they end up having to do this paperwork I was talking about. They want to reduce the complexity and increase transparency across their investment properties. These are the type of people who want the sort of peace of mind with their rental properties. The person who it's not for is probably somebody who is a full time investor with a massive portfolio who has a staff and a bookkeeper and hasn't. They might even have asset managers assigned to individual properties. We're really about automating the work for the individual investor, more for the little guy who's getting bogged down with this manual work and spreadsheets and ongoing paperwork.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that covers a lot of people. So where are you taking this business? Like, where do you see Stessa a year from now? What is it going to become?
1: Yeah, I would say a year from now, our current product is just the beginning. So we started with analytics and income and expense tracking, and we're getting more into more automating investors workflow, again, to get rid of all that busy work. So doing more auto-categorization, real-time insights, notifying people when there's changes in the financials that they should be aware of and that they should act upon, and also better reporting. We found that those are the sort of things that provide a lot of value to our users. And I'm mostly excited about continuing to scale the user base and for people to really recognize us as this essential tool for real estate investors, almost like a critical application That should be in every investor's toolkit. So we have this big vision that you mentioned earlier, which is all around streamlining the real estate ownership lifecycle, And that eventually gets into improving things like access to the asset class and offering these new value-add services to help investors maximize portfolio value. At the end of the day, I'd say as as investors ourselves, we simply want to support investors all along the way as they continue to build out and continue to grow their portfolios.
0: Nice. So, You know, as we wrap this up, I kind of want to make a little bit of a plug because we're kind of in the middle of tax season here and you guys created this tax guide and the tax guide is really good. I actually downloaded and looked through it and it's very good. I actually know the person who wrote it and I speak highly of him. He was actually on one of our podcast episodes. But why don't you tell us a little bit about the tax guide? Because by the time this episode goes out, it'll be helpful for a lot of people. And then we can kind of wrap it up with just providing people some information about where they can find more information about you or stessa by the way why don't you tell us what stessa means i just found this out yesterday
1: <laughs> well, we can, so the origin of the name i guess three things so one stessa is assets backwards two i don't know what you found out yesterday but the early days we had this kind of concept of a virtual chat bot that you could go and talk to we thought stessa sounded like a nice person you'd want to have a conversation with that you could basically ask questions about your real estate performance and and find out about all your income and expenses and just have this nice conversation we eventually kind of scrapped the idea that might come back in the future but we couldn't get it sophisticated enough to really do the trick so instead we focus more on the reporting dashboards and and all that and then three basically it just is a good six letter dot com domain name easiest way to remember it stessa is assets backwards
0: i love that assets. And so the website's stessa.com with S-T-E-S-S-A. So is that the best place for people to go to learn more about the product and connect with you? And where can they get the tax guide?
1: Yes, so tax guide, just to first give a little bit more information on it. So we work with some very talented real estate CPAs to compile the ultimate rental property tax guide. So with the new tax laws, there definitely are some changes that people should be aware of. And this is really a comprehensive 45-page document for real estate investors to help them maximize deductions, optimize for these new tax laws, and really, at the end of the day, understand the best tax strategies they need to know as a rental investor. We've made the guide available for free to all of our existing users, and we want to just give it to everyone. Um, So we're giving it away to everyone who registers now at stessa.com slash taxes.
0: Stessa.com slash taxes? Correct. Great. Well, this is a really cool product. I think it's long overdue and I know it's going to help a lot of people. So this is good that we can share this with a vast audience of real estate investors. Is there anything else you want to add, Heath, to the conversation or anything that I didn't ask you, but probably should have? Just for your listeners, I would say if you want to
1: reach me directly, simply email me at Heath S at So that's my first name and last initial. So H-E-A-T-H and then F at stessa.com. And to learn more about Stessa, I would recommend everyone who has an investment property to simply go to stessa.com and register for free. It only takes a few minutes to get up and running. From there, you can more
0: easily track and manage your properties. Awesome. Well, Heath Silverman from Stessa, I appreciate you taking the time to come and talk to us about your background and your new, well, relatively new site, because I think it's pretty cool. And I know it'll help a lot of people. And I know this is a pain point for a lot of people. So the fact that you can help solve some of it or most of it is actually pretty refreshing because let's face it, nobody likes to do their accounting and taxes. Well, most people, I don't. (laughs) So this is good.
1: It can be therapeutic sometimes.
0: (laughs) Not for me. I'll pass on it. Let's just put it that way. Cool. Well, Heath, hey, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate you taking the time today. Yeah, thank you. And that will be a wrap for today. Thank you to everybody for your ratings and reviews that they are greatly appreciated. And yes, I do read them. If you're interested in real estate, definitely contact my team for a free strategy session. Let us help you get on the right track. Download our free report, The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. If you have a question about real estate, click the Ask Marco button at the top of the website at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. And if you haven't already, please remember to subscribe. That's it for this week. We will see you on the next episode. Thank you. Nothing on this show should be considered specific personal or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate legal, tax, real estate, or business professional for individualized advice. For distribution or publication rights in media interviews, please contact the
1: host.